We've all been there. You're standing in a museum, staring at a painting, and all you can think is, I don't get it. To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Brian and Meredith. We hope you're sleepy, as this week we're excited to present a collaboration between Reach and an amazing podcast called Coco Sleep. If you're just starting to drift off or could use a little help in getting sleepy, this is the episode for you. Give it a listen. And if you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed making it, you're going to want to subscribe to Coco Sleep wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search KOKO Sleep on your favorite podcast app and make bedtimes a dream. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome back to Coco Sleep a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. In tonight's episode, we're bringing you something super special. This episode is a collaboration with an amazing podcast called Reach, a space podcast for kids. It's a weekly family-friendly exploration of our galaxy. In this story, Brian and Meredith, Reach's hosts, will be appearing to Hector and Sonny in a dream and taking them on a space tour. So lie back, close your eyes and put your astronaut helmets on. This is Hector and Sonny in Space with the Reach podcast. One warm, sunny summer's day, two dogs found themselves in the back of a car. One was a furry golden retriever with a friendly smile, and one was a toffee-coloured cocker spaniel with eyes the colour of the sky. Hector had started the beginning of the journey with his head hanging out of the window, letting his tongue loll out as he barked hello at passers-by. But then his ears got cold, and Sonny told him he better come back inside. Now the two of them were curled up on the back seat, Are you excited to go to the observatory, Sonny? Hector asked. Sonny wagged her tail. I can't wait, Hector, she said. I love stargazing. I like trying to make shapes in the sky. I know there's official constellations we should look for, but I prefer trying to find the shape of dogs in the sky. Oh, Maybe there's constellations that look like you and I, Sonny, Hector said. Sonny's owner was driving the car along narrow country lanes, bordered by stone walls and green grassy fields. She was humming happily along as she drove. You two probably don't want to listen to my singing for the whole journey, she said. I'll put a podcast on so we can learn about space on the way. The dogs very much liked Sonny's owners singing, but they wanted to hear a space show, so they kept quiet. Sonny's owner clicked a couple of buttons on the dashboard, and the podcast started to play. 
I'm Brian Holden. And I'm Meredith Stepien. And today on Reach, a space podcast for kids, we're answering a listener's question. What is the difference between a meteor and an asteroid? Ooh, great question. Well, to dig into this one, we actually have to define three different types of objects. First off is the asteroid. So what are they? Asteroids are rocky objects that orbit the sun, much like a planet would. If you try to picture them in your head, asteroids aren't round like planets and are actually quite jagged and come in all different shapes and sizes, with some being as small as pebbles and others being hundreds of miles in diameter. Asteroids are smaller than a planet, but large enough that they orbit our sun, which is why we sometimes call them minor planets. They exist throughout the solar system, but most are found in the main asteroid belt region between Mars and Jupiter. And according to NASA, the current known asteroid count in our solar system is 1,298,523. Wow! And they're finding more at the rate of approximately 40 per week. So cool! Well, next up, Brian, we need to define a meteoroid. Okay, I've got this one. Sometimes, one asteroid in space crashes into another asteroid. This can cause small chunks to break off, and these new, smaller pieces are called, you guessed it, meteoroids. But to get back to Cora's original question, what is a meteor? Well, if a meteoroid actually enters into Earth's atmosphere, it will vaporize or turn from a solid or liquid substance into a gas at which point it turns into a streak of light in the sky, or what we call a meteor. You've probably seen one, but may know it by another name. These streaks of light have come to be known as shooting stars, but now we know that they're not actually stars, but... Meteors. That's right. As they listened, the two dogs tried desperately to stay awake. But the soft purr of the engine and the rocking of the little car traversing gentle hills had their eyes blinking closed. Hector and Sonny drifted off and started to snore. Next thing they knew, the dogs were dreaming. Hector found himself in a rumbling rocket, launching into space. He looked to the left through his round space helmet and saw Sonny strapped into the seat next to him. Hi, Hector, she said. It looks like we're going on our own dreamy space adventure. Hold on, we're about to blast off. Hector, being no stranger to adventure, wasn't surprised in the slightest. The two dogs grinned at each other and took one another's paws as the rocket launched into space. The two new astronauts let out excited wheeze as the rocket began to soar up, up into the air and out of the atmosphere into space. Look, Sonny, Hector said, looking down at the Earth as it became smaller and smaller in the window. It looks like a shiny marble. The Earth looked beautiful from up there with swathes of blue sea, green patches of forest and white twirling tendrils of cloud decorating its round surface. I don't think our owners can see us all the way up here, Hector said. But 
I think it would be right to wave anyway. The two dogs waved enthusiastically, barking friendly hellos at their owners all the way down on earth. Look at that little country shaped like a boot, Sonny said. That's Italy. And look at that big country down there. That's Australia. When it's day in England, in Australia it's night. Isn't that amazing? Hector nodded. You are clever, Sonny, he said. The rumbling of takeoff had ended now, and the rocket was making a smooth path through the twinkling stars. It seemed like it was the perfect time to explore the rocket. Hector and Sonny released their seatbelts with a click and gave startled snorts of laughter as they began to float upwards out of their seats. Hector's ears were floating above his head and Sonny's were flapping as if she was flying. The dogs floated from one side of the cockpit to the other, bouncing off walls and doing somersaults in the air, holding paws and floating around in a circle. They were having so much fun, they barely noticed when two dogs took their own big floating steps through into the cockpit to join them. The two new dogs were giggling at the scene. Noticing them, Hector and Sonny barked happy hellos and floated over in their direction. Hi, Hector. Hi, Sonny. One of the dogs was a smart-looking sausage dog with excited brown eyes shining through his space helmet. He introduced himself as Brian. The other was a curly-haired Labradoodle with golden fur, who introduced herself as Meredith. Like on the podcast, Sonny said. Are you two space experts? Brian and Meredith said yes, yes, they were, and told Hector and Sonny they were going to take them on a space tour. Hector grinned and Sonny wagged her tail so hard she floated around in a circle. Come on through to the observation deck, Brian said. We're about to catch our first glimpse of the solar system. The four pups floated through to the observation deck where a huge window looked out into space. The inky black of space was studded with thousands of twinkling stars, which the dog started to count quickly losing track and getting muddled. Brian chuckled. <laughs> it would take you a long time to count the stars, he said. Current estimates count between 100 billion and 400 billion stars in the Milky Way. Hector's mouth hung open. I've never counted to a billion before, he said. Meredith told them, that they were going to explore the solar system. The solar system, where solar is another name for sun, is made up of the sun and everything that orbits the sun. This includes planets and their moons, asteroids, comets and other small objects. Brian said that the planets in our solar system are Mercury, Venus, 
Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Interestingly, some may remember Pluto as well, though it has since been reclassified as a dwarf planet. Well, we know Earth already, Sonny said. And we've actually visited Mars in the future. A whole colony of space dogs lives there. Brian seemed surprised. Well, I don't know about the future, Brian said. But right now, no one lives there. Mars is currently uninhabitable, meaning no one can live there because it is hundreds of degrees colder than Earth and lacks enough oxygen for us to breathe. But that hasn't stopped us from sending all kinds of robotic vehicles called rovers to Mars to study the planet's surface, its atmosphere, and to look for signs of water. I don't know anything about Jupiter, Hector said. Can we go visit it? Brian said yes and led them down to the control room. Meredith set the coordinates, Brian fired up the thrusters, and off they went. Jupiter is the fifth planet from the sun and the largest planet in the solar system, said Meredith. Jupiter is more than twice as massive as all the other planets combined, and it's called a gas giant with 80 confirmed moons. Jupiter is known for its famous great red spot, a giant storm more than 10,000 miles wide that has lasted for at least 342 years. And here we are, Saturn, said Brian. Saturn is the sixth planet from the sun and the second largest in the solar system. It is mostly known for being encircled with its seven iconic rings. But there are many other fascinating facts about Saturn. Scientists have counted 145 moons that orbit Saturn. And Saturn is one of the five planets visible from Earth with just the naked eye. Pretty cool, right? Another! Another! shouts Hector. How about Uranus? How can we say no? Brian exclaims. Once again, the thrusters fire as they all fly through space. Here we are at Uranus, an ice giant planet nearly four times larger than the planet Earth, said Meredith. It was also the first planet discovered using a telescope back in the year 1781. Uranus has 27 known moons, all named after literary characters from the works of William Shakespeare and Alexander Pope. Neptune is the last of the planets in our solar system, and it's very cold and dark. 
It's more than 30 times as far from the sun as Earth, and Neptune has such a long journey around the sun that it takes 165 Earth years to go around it just once. Like Saturn, Neptune is encircled by six rings, but they are unfortunately hardly visible with our current technology. Hmm, what is outside of our solar system? Sonny asked. Well, that's a wonderful question, Meredith replied. Our solar system is one of many in a larger galaxy composed of gas, dust, billions of stars and their solar systems. And there are many other galaxies besides our own. So many, in fact, that we can't even count them all. Some astronomers think there could be as many as 200 billion galaxies in the universe. Brian and Meredith pushed some buttons, and the stars out the window turned to smudgy blur as the rocket surged through space, traveling out of the galaxy and far, far away. There's the Milky Way back there, Brian said. Can you see why it's called that? The galaxy from all that way away was a swirly twirl of distant light, a soft, milky tangle of glowing stars. Hector licked his chops. It does look milky, Sonny said. Like melted vanilla ice cream. She smiled. I like vanilla ice cream, but I prefer gravy flavor. I wonder if there's a gravy way out there somewhere. The four dogs gazed out at the stars for a moment, dreaming of a far-off galaxy made of gravy. Then Brian shook his head and snapped out of the fantasy. He nudged the others and said they'd better head back to Earth. The two dogs would have to stop dreaming soon. They were nearly at the observatory. The four dogs floated and boinged their way back into the cockpit and took their seats. Buckle in, Meredith said. We're going turbo speed. They buckled in, and Hector and Sonny looked through their space helmets out the window into space. Once more, the rocket sped up until the stars became a milky blur. Once back inside the galaxy, they slowed a little so the dogs could see the planets and stars one last time. They floated past a nebula, lighting up space in swirls of pinks, purples and glowing blue. They sped past a comet on its journey through space, pulling behind it a tail of orangey light. They flew by meteors and planets and stars, millions and trillions of stars. The rocket passed into the Earth's atmosphere and the tiny marble of the Earth grew bigger and bigger until all they could see beneath them was a patch of green. They descended further and further 
until they could see a little car trundling down a stone path, heading towards the huge dome of an observatory. There we are, Hector said. Goodbye, Brian. Goodbye, Meredith. Thank you for our dreamy space tour, Sonny added. Brian and Meredith waved them goodbye, and the dogs headed out of Dreamworld and back into the back seat of Sonny's owner's little blue car. As Hector and Sonny began to wake up, the podcast that had been playing over the speakers came to an end. That's it on this week's Reach. We are your hosts, Meredith Stepien and Brian Holden. This and every episode of Reach, a space podcast for kids, is available wherever you get your podcasts. Sunny's owner turned down the volume. Hey, sleepyheads, she said. You slept through the entire show. Well, I learned a lot about space. It's a shame you missed it. I guess I'll teach you a thing or two at the observatory. Sonny and Hector gave a secret chuckle. They had learned as much as she had, but they'd let her teach them it again. You can never know enough about space, after all. The two dogs and their human got out of the car and headed into the darkness of the observatory, ready to look up at the sky and stars that were all too familiar to the dogs and more interesting than they had ever before realised.
Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.